Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. If you have your Bible with you or a Bible app, you can go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 25, and we're going to get there in just a moment. Uh, God started speaking this this word to me about three weeks ago, and, and the message is titled His Plan. Another way to say that would be His Will uh, or His and His Way, all for His glory. And one of the key words that he spoke to me uh, right when he when I saw this, and actually I read that that statement in a in a book that we were reading on on grace and our pastor's study, uh, and it really was it wasn't the main point of that chapter or anything. But when I read that, he was just to me it, he really brought it out. And what he spoke to me in this part wasn't in the book, uh, but this is what he's been kind of just reiterating with me over the last six weeks is that two out of three is not good enough. You can't do half of his plan or two-thirds of his plan uh, and expect him to be part of it. One-third's not good enough. Certainly none of it's good enough. Uh, and I think in the church we have an identity crisis uh, when it comes to God's place and his place of authority and lordship in our life and what he's calling and leading us to do individually and the church to do. And for some reason, and really it's just original sin uh, is, is the only answer that there really is. But where, where we think we should be able to do things our way, we should be able to do our plan our way and we should get the credit because we did it, right? You know, that, that's the heart of mankind. But God somehow thinks he's Lord and that he's the king of kings and that he gets to make a plan and that he has the audacity to think it should be done his way. And then he wants all the credit. Go figure. And it doesn't sit well with us. It doesn't fit with with our fallen nature. And God says, it's going to take all three if you want me to be part of what's going on. We just finished a series talking about the unshakable kingdom of heaven. And what he was saying was there is a foundation and that foundation is Jesus Christ. And it's the only foundation. And if we will build on that his way and do his plan and give him all the glory, it's going to last But if we try to build what we want to build, we're going to be building on the sand and the storm's going to come and it's going to wash everything away and nothing's going to be left. And that's the result that we get when we try to do either the whole plan on our own or part of the plan on our own. So there's this identity crisis in the church in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 10. We read that that God is the architect, the designer and the builder of everything. Can you imagine if you were building a new home and you had met with the architect and you designed it exactly the way that you wanted it to be built? The dimension of every room, the height of the ceilings, the fixtures, you took care of every detail and you gave that plan to the builder and you had to leave town for a year. And it was going to, and you left all of the, the funds, all of the provisions, everything they needed to fulfill your plan. But the builder comes in and he says, well, I don't like the way this is laid out. You know, I'd put this over here and they don't know it, but I'm really good at designing cabinets. And I think they'd like some of my 
designed, you know, specifically designed cabinets the way I do it. You know, they'll like it. They'll be impressed with my work. And they move things around and they change things and they build it to their specifications because they want to show you how skilled they are and how good they are. And you come back and you find this house that you didn't design. And they say, look what I did. And they're so proud of their workmanship and they're so proud of what they've accomplished. What would you say? This isn't my house. This isn't what I designed. This isn't what I built. You didn't do what I asked. I had a plan and it was supposed to be done the way that I said I wanted it done. And you did your own thing. And there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus said, in the last days, he's going to come back and there's going to be people that said, look, Lord, look what we did for you. We cast out demons in your name. We prophesied. We, we built churches. We did all of these things for you. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. What you did was your own plan. You did it your way and you held on to the glory and it had nothing to do with me. I don't know who you are and I don't know the work that you did. That house you built is not mine and I'm not going to receive it. You wouldn't receive that house from that builder. You'd say you're paying for that house. That's not mine. My will is going to be done my way and I'm going to get the house that I wanted. Our last uh, president, Barack Obama, he made a statement that really stuck out to me. Uh, he said, and he told the American people this, he said, you didn't build that. You know, you didn't build your business. You didn't build uh, all the things that, that you may have. He says, you owe all the credit to the government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, you know what? The government doesn't get the credit either. God said, it's my plan. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I was here before it ever started. He said of Jesus Christ, He is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God in the beginning, before the beginning, before all things were made that were made. The Word was there. Jesus Christ was there. He was the foundation of everything. And He had a plan. And he had a way that that plan was going to unfold. And every single thing that he intended from the beginning of time to today has played out exactly, exactly like he intended. There's a, a story in the Old Testament in the book of Esther. There was a man named Haman and he wanted to destroy the Israelites and he got mad at, at a man named Mordecai because he wouldn't bow down to him. He wouldn't give Haman the glory that Haman deserved. And Mordecai said, no, the only one I give glory to is God. And so Haman made a plan to annihilate all of the Israelites, all the Jews throughout the world. And he built gallows to hang the, the Jews on, and specifically Mordecai. And then the Jews throughout the kingdom would be killed. Well, guess what? God had another plan. 
And Haman was hung on the gallows that he had built. And God accomplished exactly what he intended. God's plan, and we're going to look at it this morning, his plan is so intricate, so detailed, takes account of everything that needs to be accounted for. And it doesn't matter if you're working for him or against him, his will is being accomplished. Our only decision is, are we going to respond to him and do his plan his way and give him the glory? He's like, you, I want you to come with me. I want you to be part of this. But there's only one way. And two-thirds isn't good enough. You have to come all the way. You have to make me Lord of your entire life and give me all the credit. And then we'll walk together and we'll have a relationship together. And we're going to see that this morning starting in Exodus chapter 25. Actually, we'll read uh, Exodus 12, 36 first. There's one thing that I want to point out is not only does he uh, have a plan, he provides for his plan. This is before the Israelites left Egypt in Exodus 12:36 it says and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked thus they plundered the Egyptians so Israel did not get free from the Egyptians by sword there was no battle fought God through his mighty hand delivered the Israelites from Egypt and before they left he told Moses tell the people to ask the Egyptians for all their stuff And so they did, and the Bible says they gave them all their gold and all their silver and all their jewelry and all their clothes and all their supplies, and they just walked out carrying everything that the wealth of Egypt. And so God had a plan, but even before he told them what he was going to do, he was saying, I'm going to provide for that plan in advance, and you're going to take with you everything that you're going to need to do what I'm calling you to do. So let's jump to Exodus chapter 25, verse 1. This is the, the detail. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, this is still talking about that. We'll get to the detail of the plan in just a second. So verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. You, will, you shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense onyx stones and stones for setting for the ephod and for the breastpiece and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture so you shall make it so the Israelites had been slaves for several hundred years where do they get all of this stuff every supply was given them given to them by the Egyptians on their way out and I do want to say it's like we can't we, we don't make a doctrine out of this in the sense that God doesn't necessarily always provide everything that we need for his plan in advance. In this case, he did. And then he asked him to give it. So they were like, oh, everything God's asking for. We just got from Egypt. Here you go. This is for the temple. Let's build it. There's stories in the Bible where God comes through kind of in the middle where they didn't know what to do and they didn't know where the provision was going to come through and God brought it in the middle. The the story that Amanda read during worship when we started this morning was the story of Lazarus being risen from the dead. Well, guess what? Jesus was late. In their minds, they said it had been four days. He's in there. He's stinking. God's, God's never late. He's always on time. 
He did it. He did the whole work. He had a plan in place, but the provision wasn't going to come until the people thought there is no way for provision. But God said, I'm going to do it. My plan, my way. And it's going to be in my timing. You just have to trust me. Have faith. Believe that I'm going to accomplish every word that I've said I will because my word will not come back void. Every word that he speaks is going to be accomplished. Whether we're with him or against him, he's going to accomplish his word. And he's going to accomplish it his way. And he expects all the glory. We don't get to keep any of it for ourselves. So let's look at these details of this plan. It's so intricate. Oh, well, and, and, and before we go, verse 8 and 9. He wanted them to make a sanctuary that he may dwell in their midst. It was all about relationship. He wanted them to come to him. He wanted to be with them and dwell with them. And we're going to be talking about this tabernacle that he called them to build and the whole purpose of this tabernacle so he could come and dwell in the presence of the people. And from the very beginning, we've read that that God's plan, his will, was that he might dwell with us. He wanted a relationship with us, that we might walk with him. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3.16, this is the new covenant when Jesus came, says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So we're going to be talking about the temple of God this morning and how detailed and specific his plan is. But the whole point was the place that he was taking us as a people, as the body of Christ, was that we would be the temple. That he could dwell in us, in our hearts and change our lives. And that literally everywhere we would go, we would be taking the presence of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Father because the temple's within us. And if we'll walk with him and do his will, his way, his glory is going to show up and he's going to do mighty, miraculous things that only he can do. But the only way that he does those, if we'll put everything out and we'll say, we're not going to hold on to any of it, God. I had a plan but I know it doesn't work. I know it wouldn't work. I know it's not your will. I want your plan. And I want to do it your way because I know your way is the right way. I'm not going to try to hold on to it. And in the end, when amazing and glorious things happen, you're going to get all the credit. It's not going to be for what we did. It's because you did it. You did the work. You did what you said you would do. And then in the end, verse 9, he said, and do it exactly like I show you. So, and there, there's, in, in this plan, uh, we're going to read a little part of it, but there's actually nine chapters that talk about this plan and this, this way that God wanted them to build this temple. We're going to start in chapter 25, verse 10, and this is six chapters straight. If you, if you hear this and feel like you need to, to really get this word in you, you can read the rest of the six chapters this week. But Exodus 25, 10 through 12, gives us a glimpse of the detail and the intricacies of God's plan. And this is the construction of the Ark of the Covenant. They shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and outside you shall overlay it, and you shall make on it a molding of gold around it. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on its four feet, two rings on one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. That's just 
two verses, or th- yeah, two verses. This goes on three verses. It goes on for another ten, and that's just the Ark of the Covenant. He goes on to describe how to to build uh, the table for the bread, the golden lampstand, the tabernacle, the bronze altar, and the list of items just goes on and on and on in that level of detail. Have you ever put together uh, something from Ikea? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it has a few pictures and some little arrows and some really frustrated looking people. God's plan is nothing like Ikea plans. He's laid out every single detail. And then he goes into another three chapters of saying the way that he wanted that plan implemented. He was very specific. And then he ends those six chapters of, of, of instruction of his plan. And he ends it in Exodus 31:11, And it says, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. God is saying, I have given you my plans, my detailed, intricate plans. Now do them exactly like I commanded you. And before we go on to look at his way and his glory, let's take a look at Exodus 25. And what I want us to see here is that God also gifts and calls the workers to do what he's seeking. And this goes back to not that we owe the government credit or not that we can pat ourselves on the back, but that we owe God all the credit for everything that he accomplishes in and through us. Exodus 25:30 and through 35, where this is kind of snippets from those five verses. It says, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with the skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, and he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work. And then Exodus 36, 1 says, Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. So these guys could have said, well, look what we did. We built this. We created this. We skillfully crafted what the Lord said he wanted us to build. But God said, I gave them the intelligence. I gave them the ability. I gave them the skill. I put my spirit in them so that they could do my plan exactly the way that I wanted. And God's called us today and he says, I have gifted you. I have called you. I have, uh, you are part of my plan and I want you to walk with me in this. But you got to leave it in my hands. you got to remember it's my plan, and I want it done my way. And when I move and miraculously do everything that I've said I was going to accomplish, you have to give me all the glory. Every move, if you look through all the moves of God throughout history, when he was, including Israel, we're going to see in just a moment what happened when they did all of this stuff. God's glory comes. And he comes in amazing ways and does amazing things. But when he would move, people would get the idea that, oh, we figured it out. If you do this and this and this, God's going to come and he's going to do all these things. But if you look through scripture over and over and over, every single time he does it different. He doesn't do the same thing twice. And the reason he does it that way is because our sin nature immediately wants 
to grab onto it. You can read books about any, any church that's being successful. They'll write a book and say, here it is, do it this way. If you do it this way, you'll grow, you'll have success. And God may have told them to do that, and that's wonderful. And that means he's moving in what they're doing. But for another church to say, oh, it'll be easier for us to get that book and do what that book says than it is to seek God. To hear his voice. To get his plan for my life. It's easier to get his plan for somebody else. So I'll just do that. And God says, that's not my plan for you. That's not the way that I wanted to do this for you. And so he says, I'm going to wait over here till you figure that out. And you let go again and say, okay, I want to do your plan. And I want to do it your way. And I'm going to give you all the glory for everything. Because anything that I have has come from you. Every ability, every skill, every uh, amount of ability to learn or comprehend, it's all from him. And he said, I gave it to you for a reason to use for my glory and my plan. But he is so big that even when we don't come to him, even when we're like Haman and say, I'm going to actively oppose you. And I'll work with the enemy to come against your plan. God says, my plan's still going to be done. My word was spoken before anything. And it's going to happen just like I said it would, when I said it would, how I said it would. And I'm going to get all the glory. But he's calling us to come into a relationship with him. For us, like we just read in 1 Corinthians 316, do you not know that you're God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He's calling us to him. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, and this is Jesus Christ speaking to the, to the prophet John. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and him and he with me. That's how we become his temple. As we were worshiping, that scripture came to mind. I just heard him knocking. And he keeps knocking until we answer. And he loves us so much, he's not going to walk away. He keeps on. He's patient and he stands at the door willing to come in. And all we have to do is open it. But he's asking. And I think as as the end draws near, he's pounding harder because he loves us that much. And he'll say, please, just let me in. Let me in to do my will. I'm standing at the door knocking, but you have to let me in. And all we have to do is open the door. He says, I will come in. Not to a temple, not to a temple that's built by a man, but by a temple that he created in us and within us. Is that okay if I talk to you? Sure. I just wanted to to, uh, let you know that 
I'm like an undercover angel. I'm like a undercover angel from heaven. Uh, and uh, Jesus Christ is real as far as the concept. Uh, he's that God at true as far as being the strength of the answer and the kind of uh, world exists with uh, who he is a, a human being civilization idea, like what human being civilization can always believe in and always have worked out if they're ever able to believe in Jesus Christ, whether it does, or where, whether the logic does or it doesn't. What's your name again? I know we've uh, met before. John, uh, John. John. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I'm going to write down. Okay. Uh, the way uh, what you were talking about just kind of spoke to me, so I just wanted to okay, uh, thank you. let you know and make, a, make an impact. So. Thank you. So, basically, he, him just speaking, um, I said just at the, 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 the highest level, what he said was, Jesus, Jesus Christ is it. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the way. He's that foundation. You know, the, the, the series that we just finished last week said that, that we can dig deep down to the foundation, to the rock that's Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. He's the architect. He's the builder. But if we choose to build on the sand and not be on that foundation... It says the storm's going to come and wash everything away. Just like that verse I referenced of him saying in the end, he said, You've, you did all these things and you said you did it for me, but it wasn't my plan. It wasn't my way. You didn't give me the glory and I didn't know you. But if we'll build on Jesus Christ and stand on that rock, it's going to last for eternity. Because he wanted a relationship with us and he wanted to come into the temple that he's building in us. And when we look at those details of the intricacies of that temple... What I want to tell you this morning is how much more do you think he's working on the temple within you? There's a process of sanctification where the Holy Spirit comes into you and he's working on you and he's transforming you to be exactly what he called you to be. And he's gifted you to accomplish exactly what he called you to accomplish. But he's calling you to do it his way and give him all the glory. The last thing that we're going to look at this morning Is Exodus uh, 39:32? It says, "All the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished, and the people of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. So they did everything His plan and His way. And then in Exodus 40:33, it finishes by saying, "So Moses finished the work." That last verse that we read, when they finished it all, they'd actually just finished all the pieces. If you read Exodus chapter 40, it was Moses coming and putting all the pieces together and building it and and building the temple exactly like God had said it was to be built. And then after Moses finished the work in Exodus 40 chapter or verse 34, it says the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. They did his work. Amen. They did his work, his way, and his glory falls on the temple. And that's what he's inviting us to in 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that you're the temple of God? And Jesus Christ is knocking at your door and saying, let me in, let me in, that I might fill the temple within you. And when he fills us, our work, we read... uh, 
in the last series, John 6, 29, Jesus said, the work of God is that you believe in me. Believe in the one that he sent, Jesus Christ. That's the work of God. So the plan that he had before the beginning of the world and that he's been implementing up till now and that he's going to bring to a completion, all of that work is that everyone might know Jesus Christ is the rock that everything is to be built upon. That's the work of God. And he's saying, if you answer that door, I'll come into that temple and fill your temple And now you can do the work of God. And Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so more happens with him than I did. You're going to do greater works than I've done because you have the Holy Spirit. That's what God is wanting to do through each of us as we go out into the world and to interact with people who don't know him. But he he knows them and he's knocking on that door and he'll use us in their life to help them see and hear and open and let him come in and transform their lives. But we have to do it his way and follow his plan. And when he does the miraculous, be willing to give him all the glory and not hold on to any of it. Because as soon as we try to grasp it, he says, well, you go right ahead. (laughs) Build your building. Follow your plan. Take the glory. Take the credit. And that's all you're going to have. Because none of it's going to last. But if you'll honor me, if you'll follow me, if you'll do it exactly like I've called you to do it, just like we read in Exodus, his glory is going to fall and fill the temple, fill our temple, fill us with his spirit. And all that we have to do is let him do it. He's saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to bring, I'm going to do everything. Just be with me. Walk with me. Have a relationship with me. And we'll see him change the world. We'll see him change land past us in this community. We'll see him bring the body of Christ together and do things beyond our comprehension. And we just have to keep our hands off it. (laughs) And let him do his work his way. And just like Aholiab and Bezalel, he's called you by name. He knows you. He's gifted you. He's waiting for you to answer. Say, are you going to do what I've called you to do? You've heard my word. You know I've spoke to you. Are you going to do it? Jesus said, come to me. Hear my words and do them. Are we going to respond and do what he's calling us to do his way? individually and as a body of Christ. That's what he's looking for. And then he's going to do, like the Bible's just full of miraculous things. The church history is full of miraculous things that God did that man could have never done, never accomplished. But he does it when we'll honor him and when we'll give him the glory. Will you bow your heads with me as we close this morning? Jolly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have a plan, not only for for the body of Christ, not only for the body as a whole, but Lord, literally for each one of us individually. We are your temple. 
a living, breathing temple and you want to reside in us. And Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life, and we welcome him in. Father, we want to hear your plan. We want to see those plans and our hearts to do them and fulfill them your way. Not only as a body, not only as a church, but individually. And Lord, we're going to give you all the glory. You've gifted us. You've filled us with the Holy Spirit. You've done everything and made every preparation necessary. And we give you praise and glory and honor. I just pray that you'll open ears this morning, you'll open hearts this morning, that they'll hear that knock, that there will be people that open their heart for the first time, that you fill them up. Or we want to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.